Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of the modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wall on us. Painting and taking on all the plate to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinizing through their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. Uh, having lived in Silicon Valley for 20 years or so and followed the tech industry for even longer than that, um, one thing that always seems to be true is that there are always big, giant, dominant tech firms and people insist that there is simply no way to compete against them ever. Uh, 20 years ago, it was definitely Microsoft that people talked about the most. And you would hear about startups who were pitching investors and the question would always come up which is what would you do if Microsoft entered the space and decided to wipe you out? And unless you had a good answer to that, you weren't going to get funding. Is That's the way people would talk about it. And, you know, there are certainly lots of companies that Microsoft did indeed wipe out. And so it was at least reasonable to, to think about if Microsoft might enter your, your arena. Um, but there were also some success stories against Microsoft, Intuit, uh, probably being the most famous one, which was able to compete successfully against Microsoft for years. And of course, you know, fast forward to today, and these days Microsoft itself, while still a very, very large company, certainly feels a lot less dominant. Uh, these days, there are other companies that people fret about, with Google, Facebook, Amazon, and Apple often leading the list that people will talk about. However, as I've noted for years, the idea that the dominant tech companies can't be beat never really made that much sense. Uh, one of the core traits that we've seen in the tech world is that as companies get bigger and bigger, they also seem to get a little bit less innovative. Uh, taking big risks as a big company often means upsetting existing revenue streams or completely destroying divisions or harming important partner relationships. Uh, the partner relationships often being a big hindrance towards actually uh, innovating in new areas. It's really, really difficult to do if you have all of that existing infrastructure and partnerships and, and setup. So on top of that, Truly disruptive innovations are often the kind of thing that big companies are the last to recognize as actual threats to their businesses. The, the famous innovator's dilemma from Clayton Christensen notes that, you know, the, the large dominant incumbents often regard the new entrants as silly or frivolous or toys or something like that. And so they miss the innovations until it's, it's much further along and often too late. Of course, some will always make the argument that this time is different. Uh, of course, we heard that 20 years ago too, but uh, this time around, one thing that we've heard quite frequently concerning companies like Google, Facebook, and Amazon is that those companies are actually pretty well positioned for what is coming next in that it appears that artificial intelligence is going to be a key component of whatever is next. And those three companies have the necessary combination of data, resources, and technology skills to, uh, to make artificial intelligence more useful. And that anyone else who is going to compete is not going to be able to match up to just the pure data and potentially tech skills uh, that those companies can throw at it. 
So for today's podcast, I wanted to explore what a company could actually do today to compete with Google. That is, if you wanted to attack some element of Google's dominance today, what strategy would you take? Uh, today's discussion is just with our co-host Dennis Yang, as we couldn't find anyone actually competing with Google today who wanted to come and talk about it. <laughs> but, but I think we can still have a pretty interesting conversation. So, Dennis, uh, you're an entrepreneur. You've founded a, a few companies now. Uh, what? And, and, and I'm not saying that your current company does compete with Google. Well, there's the potential there it could. It, yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of does, but... And there's in, analytics, right? Yeah. Google does analytics, and you do analytics. Um, but what do you think an entrepreneur, um, not necessarily yourself, but, but any entrepreneur could do today to attack a part of Google's business? I mean, it's, it's kind of a funny question, because I think, like, what what is Google's business? They're, they're so <laughs> well, big uh, at yes. this point, right? Like, yeah. I mean, Google or, or Alphabet... Um, it, has right. their tendrils extended into so many realms of technology that it's almost difficult these days to to think, you know, like yeah, and 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 I so I should clarify, like right. I, I don't think I don't think like a startup is going to come along and attack every aspect of Google's business, right? Sure, and yeah, and that's but I think maybe what you're talking about here is sort of like I think a few years ago someone drew up kind of like a screenshot of Craigslist. Right. Yes, um, I remember this. And showed how startups were attacking, like little bits and pieces of right. So like Airbnb was was taking on was the housing. Craigslist home yeah, home sharing housing yes. and y y yes, right. And so so you could you could pick off different pieces of you know of a of a large dominant player. And Craigslist is sort of an interesting idea of a large dominant player in that it's right. not large and not necessarily dominant, but it certainly was. You it know, was it was dominant. I think yeah, I guess in a lot it, of reasons, and I think that, but but nobody has actually said that Craigslist is unfairly pressing their dominance into right. any of their areas, right? Which I think is the difference with like Google, Apple, or Facebook, or any dominant or Microsoft for that matter. That as you mentioned in your intro, was that when you are a dominant player, there are kind of pieces of leverage that you can exert against any competitors that are out there. Which I guess is we're we're not, we're not really talking about. When a dominant player enters a segment, right? Well, I mean, I th I think that's that could be worth considering too. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I think the more interesting thing to start with, at least, is like, are there areas or are there ways that I, I guess almost like where where are the 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 opportunities to compete with Google that you see today, if you see any? Yeah, I mean, so okay, so the. To, to kind of kind of reference your intro a little bit, I get the the traditional wisdom is kind of you know the people have always cited innovators dilemma, um, or the kind of the problem of the incumbents where they don't view they view their their position of dominance with some sort of hubris and they're like okay you know I'm I'm big and I have huge I have big customers um, I have a lot of momentum going with the current product and I don't basically this you know the classic story of a startup in a founded in a garage that kind of takes over and the the existing incumbent players business without them realizing or and without them understanding or or missing an opportunity that has arisen right mm -hmm. yeah and i think i think that's some you know somewhat still the case but i would argue that that like google was that startup in the garage right so it's sure. kind of no it, I, I mean there's there's no that and, that and it feels like and it definitely feels like i would i would be 
surprised if the you know the people running Google were not kind of constantly looking out. Yeah, for and and that's small I actually companies think that's, that are attacking their business. Right, and I, I think that's that's actually a really interesting thing. It's it's a little bit of a tangent, but it's actually worth discussing. And, and yeah. I'd actually thought about doing a podcast on this as a separate issue, but we can get into it now, mm-hmm. which is um, there. You know, this is the the sort of first. Uh, a set of companies that have grown up with the knowledge right. of the innovator's dilemma, right? So, yes. you know, Clayton Christensen's HBR article originally was, I think, in 96, and his book, I think, was in 98, and I could have the dates a little bit off. But, but you know, mid to late 90s is when this idea first became popular, and, of course, these companies came up after that. Yeah. And, and certainly one thing I've noticed in particular, somewhat true of Google, but absolutely true of Facebook, is that you know they are very very quick you know yeah. you look at like the purchases of Instagram and WhatsApp and then the the latest one I forget what it is but this this app that had only been out for like a few months and then they paid some ridiculous sum of money for they're um, very visionary in their in their purchases as well as it seems like their overall business strategy I mean Facebook turned on a dime and adopted mobile as their focus, you know, when yeah. the web was still going strong, supposedly, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so you know, I, I think that that's certainly, um, you know, so there's a question out there, and this is what I thought might make a fun podcast, um, yeah. though, is basically like, you know, does the innovator's dilemma still apply? Still, not that it still apply, but yeah, like is it is it such a such a threat when you have these companies that are actually cognizant of it? And right, they're, they're self aware. They they right. understand where their opportunities are. They understand what they're missing by you know by continuing to double down on their existing businesses. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that that'd be a great podcast. I mean, Netflix is an, an amazing example of of sure. a large company that has completely refocused from what they were, you know, a few years yeah. ago. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is interesting because I, I remember, you know, 15, 20 years ago, the only real example you could think of of a company that had successfully sort of, you know, got made it through the innovator's dilemma was Intel when they right. sort of switched from memory to, to chips and, and uh, to processors. And, and, uh, and we have plenty of big companies that did not survive right. because of innovator, like, like Xerox and... Uh, I'm and, sure. I'm sure there's a time. Uh, SGI and Sun yeah. and you know and 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 you know yeah sir, certainly lots and lots of companies that that have. have but this sounds like a great way. other podcast topic. Yes, yes, but we're we're getting away from okay. our initial topic here, which is which is how how do you how do you take on Google? And so, okay, let so me, there so there are well, a few go ahead. there are a few reasons why it's really hard to quote take on Google right now. I sure. think, um, you know, hiring is one thing that makes competing with large. Uh, large technology companies today in the startup ecosystem really difficult, right? So, you know, hiring is always an issue. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I've been in and around the startup world for almost two decades now. Um, When we were starting companies in the late 90s, you were competing with, you know, with large companies, you know, like hiring people away from like, I don't know, like Intel or something, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, and you could offer... You could pay below market back then and with this promise of like, you know, you're working on this really cool thing and, you know, nobody really even, you know, in, in the late 90s, nobody had really understood what, what stock options were and you kind of just <laughs> were like, hey, here's some well, stock options. And, some people knew. Well, yeah, I mean, sure. it, you felt a lot of ownership around it, right? Yeah, so, sure. And, and I feel like, you know, today's and, – and I think maybe the equivalent compensation packages at the large companies, you didn't get stock Right. Or maybe you didn't, you got like a tiny bit. Yeah. Um, and when people were doing the math, they're like, yeah, it's like, it's not 
it's not that exciting. And um, what I what I feel like kind of Google and Facebook have done to the pay, at least in the Bay Area, is they're just like, great, you know, what what is the the possibility? Like, what's the the total, you know, like the the biggest win you can get from a startup? They're like, okay, like this much money, and they're like, okay, cool, we'll just guarantee that comp then for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, um, I mean, it, it, this is not for everyone. No, it's not for everybody. Right. I mean, but, it, but, but, but certainly for superstars. For um, superstars. And there, there are stories of, of, of fairly incredible compensation packages. Right. And I, and I don't remember hearing that ever happening like in the late 90s, right? Right. Um, even though there were established technology players like Microsoft and Apple, you know, they, they were both around. Um, but it wasn't like startups were trying to attract talent away from these like ridiculous comp packages. So that's, right. that's a new thing I think in the past, I think five to 10 years that as a startup, you have to kind of start to deal with. Right. Sure. Um, and as a result, I think, you know, compensation packages have been inflated overall. Right. Yeah. Um, and, but that's, that's maybe a different issue. So that's one thing that's, that's, it's really hard to, to, you know, on one hand, the costs of starting a business have come down immensely from the yep. late 90s in terms of, like, I think, hardware. Um, right. You don't have to as, buy a bunch of servers. You can yeah, just we used to have a buy, buy servers and yeah, co-locate them and pay for that. Now we can just do, you know, cloud has made that amazing where you can just, you don't even worry about that anymore. And right. you only pay for what you use. So that's great. But on the other hand, it means that um, the funding that you do raise, most of it is going to pay salaries for people that you hire right um so i guess that's what the money's for um these days (laughs) yes well i mean obviously it it depends on on what you're trying to do yeah Um, there are hardware startups where there's you know hardware costs and and, and things like that but yeah yeah absolutely okay so that's that's one thing that's really really hard i think the the other thing is the thing you mentioned a little bit with you know with this coming ai revolution um data is really important and Nobody is sitting, like, from a startup's perspective, it's really hard to even stand on the shoulders of existing data sets because they don't exist. Um, Google, Amazon, you know, Apple, like, all of these, Facebook, all of these huge players have an immense amount of data with which to kind of power and drive their AI learning efforts, right? So that's that's really hard. Um, And I think that that's, you know, it actually plays back to the comp package side, which is if you're trying to hire someone, you're like, hey, you know, not only, not only am I going to pay you a ton of money to work at Google, but I have all this amazing data that you get to play with, right? So from, you know, especially hiring talent out of academic, academia, um, you know, I think researchers would love to, to play with some of the data that they have access to. And, you know, myself included, I just drool at what, you know, what types <laughs> of data sets that they have to play with. Right. Um, you know, so that that makes it hard. That makes it hard. Um, so, but I guess but, your, your but question you're, was like, you're how not, do I? You're not answering the question. Not you're, answering you're, giving, the question. you're giving non. You're giving the opposite. You're giving, giving all the reasons why why, why, why why someone yeah. can't. So, so where are the areas where where there are opportunities? And and I have some ideas too. If if you want me to, to I mean, jump I, in. I, you know, there there still is a little bit of like you know we can move more quickly, right? So sure, um, we can see as as a smaller team, you can see exactly, you know what is going on with, I don't know, like direct, directly working with customers. There's, I mean, all the stuff that, that, you, that is a good idea when starting a company or building a business still applies here. Right. Um, I don't know of anyone 
basically kind of looking at Google and being like, I'm going to attack that part of Google's business, right? As, as like yeah. why you're doing it. Um, I know a lot of entrepreneurs that I talk to that worry about Google, right? Right. And my, so, 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 so then let's switch to that. I mean, yeah, my advice what, to them is to like, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so there's nothing, nothing to do to insulate yourself from, from, from potential Google entry. I, don't, I mean, if you have like, so, you know, arguably I have, I'm like a competitor in Google. Uh, so Google recently like launched an, an incubator program called Area 120, which was their um, essentially their startup incubator answer to all of their employees leaving Google to go do a startup. Right. So, mm-hmm. which so basically they incubated startups within within the Google umbrella within the Google family, um, and one of those startups is a direct competitor to ours. Right. So, and. I think it's a great plan for Google. You know, I'm sure they were looking at their attrition numbers and saying, wow, we were actually losing, you know, a lot of good employees to startups. Um, many of which I would say, this is, this is a joke that I would, I would say is that <laughs> Google's uh, 20% time. I don't know if you remember that, which is 20% yep. of your week um, could be attributed to kind of your, your own projects. Right. Um, knowing so many people that left Google, started companies and they were rebought by Google again. Um, a joke was like that was twenty. That was the new twenty percent time, which is you leave, you start a company, and you get bought <laughs> right. by Google. Um, but I'm sure you know part of that was why they started this Area 120 program. Um, so which which allowed these small teams within this program to be as nimble as a startup without having to worry about funding, right? Which right. is which I think was interesting because that is a huge drag on this on on starting on starting a company, which is you know constantly trying to figure out where your next round of funding, if you need it, um, is going to come from, right? So, right. Um, but again, I'm, I'm, I'm just hitting on a lot of reasons why it's hard <laughs> to compete with Google. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm still waiting for the, what can you do? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, so, so for me, okay. like my advice to entrepreneurs is like, you can't spend time just worrying about how to compete with Google. You need to just focus I, I, on, and, and, focus I, on no, delivering I, value I should, to your customers, be, right? Right. Right. Um, and I and should if, be clear too that 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 I I I don't yeah I don't mean I I that that the idea should be like oh attack this part of Google's business mm-hmm. I, I you know it, there is just a question of what do you do if that seems like a bad idea to like to yes, start a business. that's that's generally a very very bad idea okay. you know to to start any company though you know historically obviously you know part of part yeah. of a functioning market is if there's a successful company others come in to sort of emulate it and, and right. And, and, I, and that is kind of a, a, a classic startup pitch that you see sometimes, which is like addressable market. Here's the existing player. Um, right. Look how bad they are at it. We're going to be awesome, and here's why. Right. Right. Um, I haven't seen a pitch that Google is that bad existing player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or or Facebook for that matter. Any of these, sure. you know, the younger, more innovative um, incumbents. Right. Um, I mean, I have seen that that pitch made around Facebook a few times, but but it's it's fairly limited, and I think it was more a few years ago. I think, yeah, um, these days that's a little a little more difficult of a pitch to make. It just it Facebook. just seems hard to swallow. Right? It's be like, oh, really? Like Google <laughs> is bad at this part? And yeah, but gonna... but but the thing is, again, to be, go back twenty years, and you heard the same thing about Microsoft, and, and people were saying like, yeah, sure, like Microsoft will just eat your lunch no matter what. They're so big, and so I'm kind right. of hearing the same thing from you about the way people acted about Microsoft twenty years ago. So, so maybe. I maybe. I mean, so I, I think I still think <laughs> I, I think that there are there are you know there are. I guess I my 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 point is if that's your pitch, which is okay, you're like here's here's a part of Google's business 
that is ripe for disruption, um, I'm going to disrupt that, right? Um, right. So, so, the, so my question is: Are there are there holes in Google's business, or are there you know is there an Achilles heel that that a startup could potentially? Yeah, I mean, the, potentially, right? Like, there's, I think there's a lot of customers that are concerned about working with Google, right? So, yep. um, that's that's one angle you could definitely take, which is what is a business that Google is in that, for one reason or another, um, a whole segment of customers would not use because they're affiliated with Google. Like, I don't know, right? Like, right, or or companies would be would be eager to find an alternative, right? So, you know, one, one example would be, you know, AWS, right? So there's a lot of, like, Amazon's AWS business is awesome. Um, right. There are a lot of customers that maybe don't want to host at AWS, even though Amazon itself is maybe, you know, it's because it's part of Amazon. Like, say, say you're right. a large retailer, for example, um, and you would just be very concerned or, or direct competitor of Amazon's that, that your stuff was hosted at Amazon, right? Right. Um, that's, that would be a way to compete with AWS, right? Sure. Um, so, that, and that's basically like the Rackspace business model. Right, right, which is, <laughs> if you don't want to use AWS, we're Rackspace, we're not right. Amazon. <laughs> right. Um, and if I were starting that business today, like I guess maybe that's an okay pitch, right? The, sure. how, how, how do we compete with, you know, Amazon? Um, we compete with them by not being them. I mean, right. Amazon is definitely the, def- Amazon the, definitely yeah. can't pitch the we're not Amazon angle <laughs> to, the, to anybody. Right, right. Um, so, so, but, but, I, I noticed that you pivoted from Google to Amazon. <laughs> sure, or the we're not Google pitch, right? So, sure. For for, but the we're not the big player pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't seem like it has that many legs, right? Like, yeah, and and it, you know, to some extent, it's the you run into the the other the problem of the big dominant company before before Microsoft, which was IBM, and the whole like nobody ever got fired for buying IBM concept, right? right? You know, nobody ever gets fired for for you know partnering with Google or using Google, um, yeah. you know, for the most part. And so 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 I'm finally going to jump in and say, okay. there, there is an area that I because you have a plan. I don't have no. a I don't have a huge plan, but but I think there are areas <laughs> where where there are potential uh-huh. weaknesses uh, f- for Google that are, I think are interesting. And one is that the company historically, and, and they've made some strides in some areas, but historically has always been really bad at anything that is sort of customer facing. Um, you know, and and they've made some improvements, and certainly for larger customers. But but you know, as a big company, that's often driven by data and engineers um, sure. and and a focus on, you know, mass market for the most part, um, you know, they don't do a very good customer service job. You know, I, I've sort of joked about Google being the great white monolith. If you have a problem with a Google service, um, good luck. yeah, you're you're kind of in a lot of trouble, <laughs> um, you know, and and. You know, unless you can like make enough noise on Twitter that somebody pays attention or something, which yeah. is you know literally what seems to happen sometimes. Um, you know, if if your account gets shut down or or something like that, so the company does not have you know, and 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 to some extent, it's a strategic decision that they made. And you can understand why they made it, yeah. but you know, it, it does feel like there are opportunities these days for. Um, for companies to build strong relationships with customers where they actually, you know, 
you know, have a real relationship with the customer. I, I think, you know, the majority of Google's customers probably don't feel that they have a relationship with Google. They may, you know, they're a number. <laughs> right. Um, and, right. And it certainly feels like that uh, pretty frequently. But I also, uh, so here's, I guess, I mean, I guess I keep going back to the why it's hard to compete with Google. Sure. With Google products, right? Like, um, the the two products that I interact with most in, you know, with Google are probably search and Gmail. Right. I mean, right. That's true of most people. I think that's true of most people. So if I were to build a competitor to Gmail, okay. um, your angle would be we offer better customer support. It could be a variety of things. I mean, uh, you know, we and, offer... And we charge you for it or do we do it for free? I mean, it depends, right? I mean, there are all different kinds <laughs> of models that people could do. I mean, so, you know, some people have taken a, in the email space, certainly, you yeah. know, there, there are operations like ProtonMail, which claim to have offered better security. And that is a fee-based uh, service that, that has a following. I don't know quite how large it is, but I've certainly seen a yeah. lot of people promoting ProtonMail accounts. And, and you know, there there are some interesting debates, and, and, and this is also starts to go into a tangent as to whether or not they're actually more secure than, than sure. Google. And, and there was, uh, I think there was an article a few months ago basically saying, oh, it really depends on your threat model. And, and the, the threat model that most people are facing, Google is actually probably a better security uh, right. setup. And ProtonMail was not happy about that <laughs> and, and re- responded <laughs> strongly but you know it, but, but the you know that's a case where if you're facing a, secure, a certain type of security threat um, you know proton mail seems like it, it could be a potential so so there there's an there's an example where yeah. um, and and in that case the argument is is a little bit different that's not so much customer relationship though that's part of it theirs is basically um, concern about the Google business model at which right. certainly there are a number of have concerns about the Google business model being, you know, sucking being up ads. data, right? Uh, ads or data, right? Right, and 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 you know, and 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 doing different things with that data, you know, and and different people have different comfort levels with that. Um, right. But there are also then concerns about, you know, if and, and again, it all comes back to sort of threat model, right? So if you don't want the government to ever be able to read your email, then maybe. Um, you know, Google is not the right choice for, for you. Um, you know, Google certainly has a history of resisting frivolous requests for information from governments. But, you know, if there's a, uh, if it feels it's more legitimate or if it's forced into it by a court, then it will turn over the information that it has. So uh, if that's a, a concern for people, then there are reasons to go elsewhere, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so, I mean, I guess the other thing is like, so how do you compete with Google's price? free right right which is most of these things are free there there are exceptions some of the services are right. are fee-based and you know google apps can cost money and 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 all sorts of other stuff and and uh you you know but even when they charge for the most part they're not they're not particularly expensive um yeah. and so yeah and i think that is something that is also a little bit different than than you know previous tech Worlds and also, you know, the 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 general innovators dilemma issue, right? So, right. you know, the 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 classic uh, case of the innovators dilemma is that somebody enters the market cheaper, right. and you know, the incumbent basically says, well, you know, it's cheaper, sure, but it's a toy; it doesn't do all the the nifty features that we have. Whereas, yeah. you know, Google's market setup and and business model is very different, which is most of their their offerings are free, and they're collecting the data, and so you can't be freer than free unless you're actually well, paying people well, you're, to use. It's kind of freer than free because you're saying you're not we're not going to collect your data, right? Right. But, but then I think maybe the run of the mill consumer is like, uh, 
Like, I don't care. <laughs> right. There's a, there's a question of how many people actually do care. Now, there are some. It would yeah, be sure, crazy sure, to sure. suggest that there are people who No, no. There's, don't. there's definitely people and, that, that care, right? And, and um, there are just, also – yes. And there are also – to build – I don't right. know how many of those people are. Right, yes, so. yes. And, and you know, historically, it, it does not appear that even people who say they're concerned about these things, it's it's been difficult to actually, um, you know, their their actual level of concern versus their stated level of concern uh, may be different because they don't seem to move. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> if, know, to, to alternative and honestly, I think that if, if people really started to care, maybe if I were the Gmail product manager, I'd be like, hey, you know what, let me offer like a like a paid model, which is like a dollar a month. And then we don't keep your data. <laughs> yeah. I mean, th th there are other things too, which is like, honestly, like, and, and this is where it all gets pretty tricky too, which is that yeah. the fact that Google's collecting all that data sometimes actually is very much to your benefit and, and because it adds right. features that are actually quite useful and, and yeah. things like integration with your calendar where, you, you know, you, you book a flight and, you know, the, the email goes into your Gmail account and right. it automatically and shows like, up on cool. your calendar. And you're like, like thanks. Yeah, yeah, that's actually kind of useful you know right and and so and, and so somebody increasingly so i'm seeing like relevant ads in my gmail which is i think people find it creepy but i find it when it's a useful ad like thanks like right i was looking for that right and this is I, yeah I, i've sort of discussed the the uncanny valley of of advertising before right and i think we yeah. may have talked about it on the podcast too where mm -hmm. it's like yeah when it's when when targeted ads are not perfectly targeted it feels creepy but when they are perfectly targeted you're actually like oh wait that's kind of useful. That's helping me, you know, helping me find what I really was looking for. Right. Um, which can be both useful and creepy, I guess, <laughs> in some cases. Um, so, you know, <laughs> so are we back to the idea that there's no way to, to possibly compete with Google? I, 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 I think I'm, it's hard. I'm, I, I, right. And I, I never denied that it was hard. It was always hard. It was hard to compete with IBM. Is it unfair? It was hard. It doesn't need to be broken up? I, I mean, that's a totally different question. The, yeah. the, I think I, I think that, you know, the more interesting thing is kind of, well, how will these markets evolve, right? I mean, in yeah. the same way that, you know, and again, like IBM, still a giant company making tons of money. Microsoft, still a giant company making tons of money. But they're not and both of dominant. Their business, yeah, they're not dominant, not, not as dominant as they used to be. Right. Nor and, are and, they but, making as much cash flow as you know, yeah, I don't, but, I don't but know. part of the reason for that was that the market moved on. And so so yeah. I think, you know, what may be more interesting is the idea that, you know, sort of the next market. And so, you know, you know, if it's AI or something like that, then maybe, you know, yeah, Google and Amazon and Facebook are pretty well positioned for those. But if it's something like uh, augmented reality, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about that these days. You know, you know, they have some experience in there, but like. Google had a disaster with Google Glass, so maybe that was, you know, uh, will make them gun shy about actually getting into the augmented reality space in, in any real deep or meaningful way, or maybe yeah. not. We, you Although know, I think the know. glass business is still alive and well, isn't it? Um, no, <laughs> uh, I mean, sort of, right? I mean, so I mean, they, 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 they found they found the, the good applications for it. I mean, they, they, I, I don't know this exactly, but I, I think yeah. it's still going. I mean, they well, they sort of shut it down for a while, and then they 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 sort of very quietly introduced a very limited product for very limited applications, and I think they're still playing around with it in the you know sure. dark secret recesses of of Alphabet. Um, 
But, you know, but it's unclear if they're going to make a big splashy entrance, you know, and then you have other companies like Magic Leap, you know, who are, yeah. who are jumping into the space and, um, you know, and you could see something where like the world could change pretty drastically. And, you know, but, but and, I think that's my point that I think I was trying to make in the beginning, which is since Google's DNA is very much very cognizant of the fact that any little startup could take over their entire business, it seems hard to swallow that they would miss it right uh yeah i mean but, but that's what you're saying is like that's what people I, I, are saying about microsoft yes yeah that that's my thing i think people always say that and i'm often, those people <laughs> and you're those people and oftentimes you know I, I i think you know sometimes it's just very very difficult to actually realize that until it's it's very late um but you know i i, I don't know maybe not and so i guess if i'm thinking about sort of you know, oftentimes where companies get stuck in that trap where they don't realize things until yeah. it's too late. I, I think, it, and I mentioned this in the opening, I think it often does have to do with sort of partnerships and relationships that they built up that, that are too difficult to sort of get out of. Um, and so, you know, I wonder, like, I wonder if there's a way to sort of, you know, attack Google's advertising business. Uh, yeah, um, that's, I was just going to go there. So what about, ad, like, what if global ad efficacy starts to wear down or something? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's the vulnerability in Google's overall model. It, it could be right. I mean, because so much of, of Google's business is is based on the advertising. And so yeah. I think that the natural sense of most entrepreneurs would be to stay away from that because it's so core to Google's business. But I wonder if right. there's something where you could attack that market from a very, very different angle. Um, and, and you could price and it's all priced. So you could go. Yeah, you know, I mean, of, so so so, yeah. yeah well, this, these are these are crazy thoughts, and and I'm sure yeah. people think that they're they're insane. But like, you know, there's there's all this talk now of like, um, you know, you have different cryptocurrencies or like, you know, app tokens or or things like that, right? <laughs> We're so, going to crypto. We yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm I'm there's <laughs> <laughs> there's a light at the end of this. Not what I expected for today's podcast. Like, okay. Yeah. I'll, but I'll but keep going. Where are you going? I mean, so there there are arguments that. Like, like you could build sort of new business models just based on adoption, right? Where sure. you wouldn't necessarily need advertising as the business model. Um, it could just right. be the popularity of the app, which increases the value of the token or the, the currency. Um, right. And, so we turn and, we we maybe turn advertising on its head. Yeah. Which is you know, I have a product. I want people to use it. Right. Now and so. What? Right. So and so and you could even go you could even go to to, to the other extreme that the freer than free uh, yeah, aspect I'm pay of that you to exactly use if, if and and if that that payment is not in in dollars but in sort of cryptocurrency yeah. tokens whatever um, you could actually see a mechanism for making yeah. that work that isn't crazy not like you know in the in the old days where they had like whatever the free PC or the, the yeah you know, I mean the other right so the model could be the early like. Early users of our product are getting one, you know, TechDirt token. Right. Um, and my application called TechDirt, uh, if you like it, then you're, and you use it early and use it a lot, then you get lots of tokens. And the more people that use it, the more value right. your own token. Right. And then so you, could build, so you could build competitive products that don't require advertising and yeah. actually offer a better experience than the one that has advertising. Potentially. And all of your, I, 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 and all of your users, like, share in the collective success of your right. product. Right. And so, 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 the, so, so if I were they have. A, let's build a search engine. Right. right. That 
everyone uses to find things they want and the more successful it is everyone wins i don't know I, I mean, it doesn't even have to be a search engine, but it could be, right? But but yeah. the the idea is that you could offer you could offer something that is beneficial, you know, and and maybe you know, so so I mean, maybe you focus in, maybe it's a, a product search, right? So so imagine this, right? You could do a product search that has some sort of token uh, related mm-hmm. to it. So you don't need to do advertising. You don't have to do sort of pro- product placement and versions of it, which which might decrease the, um, uh, you know, the sort of the 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 value of the search engine because you'll have sort of lower quality uh, results that are really, right. you know, paid placements. Um, and you get discounts on everything that you buy. It's sort of like the Ebates model built in to this, uh, you know, or you could do it, you know, via sort of cryptocurrency kind of token setup. Um, and we all get better looking and healthier. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. But I mean, so you could, <laughs> you could create models that, that don't have the advertising, don't have the, the, the data collection that scares people off and potentially has the ability to earn, earn you money as well. You know, of course, there are problems with that and there are risks of it becoming like pyramid schemey. But, um, you know, there, I could see some interesting models there that would be, I think, fairly difficult for Google to then replicate. Cool. I mean, they... <laughs> that's that's, well, I mean, that's like, so that's a separate discussion, which is if this model, if this new way of doing things were to get any traction, they could yeah. be like, that sounds great. Let's make one. Right. Right. But you know that's that's a separate. You said you said. I mean that's 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 Microsoft and Bing, right? I mean, sure, yeah. like you know, and sometimes that works. You know, well, Microsoft and Internet Explorer worked for a period of time, and then right. but they couldn't hold that. Um, the original the original innovator knows things. Right, right. It's you know that that is yeah. right where where the 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 startup knows what works and what doesn't, and and the and and that includes the not just the explicit things but the tacit things, and 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 it's that tacit knowledge that is often more important. And so you know, just copying what it appears on the outside often misses the the real sort of secret sauce that makes it work. Right. And also, if you have a lot of people, and and again, this is speculative, and and who knows if this would happen, but if you have a lot of people who are moving to the new thing because they dislike the the nature of the old business model, (laughs) then even if... You know, Google yeah. were to step in and say, "Well, now we're we're doing the same thing." It may be difficult to actually get people to switch back. Right. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's that's kind of an interesting possibility. Sure, I have, I have hope. <laughs> I mean, so so that's the thing. Like, I don't let I don't let the kind of the idea of competing with a large incumbent worry me too much. Like, I, I right. I try not to focus on it. As 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 an entrepreneur, I think focusing on how other people can kill you is Sure. Yes. Yeah. No, and, and and we should be a clear about that. I, I think that's that is totally a waste of time. And I yeah. I think that, you know, there are uh you know, sort of management books and theories about like, you know, always like being aware of competitors and stuff like that. I think that that tends to not make much sense when you're talking about startups and, and, and yeah. early stage businesses. I mean I, the, I look the, at sure comp- people I consider competitive. Sure. Right? You 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 want to understand the market. Amount, with the healthy amount of, of energy, but I think to kind of really focus on them and Right. I don't curse them and <laughs> Yeah, I mean the more important thing is to build, about it being, to, yeah. to, to to build a great product, right? But yeah. but you know, this is this is a little bit different. I'm sort of this is more, you know, sort yeah. of a thought exercise on it, it's no, almost, I, you know, I I think no, this is good. I, I I wasn't expecting our conversation to take take this angle, but I I like it and it's actually getting my brain spinning now, which is kind of cool. <laughs> Thank you. 
Um, <laughs> Are you going to take this idea and start a company? <laughs> I already started one, but yeah, this, I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Co- cool. It's yeah. Stuff to think about. Yeah. yeah. Well, if anyone listens to this and then starts that company that we described, uh, okay, send Mike some us. tokens. Yeah. Send me some tokens. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways. All right. Well, that that's my, as I, you know, my conclusion is that I think there are ways um, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't mean that there are obvious ways. I think if there, I, I would be surprised if there were like, well, this is obviously what would defeat a, a Google. But in the same way that 20 years ago, it wasn't obvious what would defeat a Microsoft. And, and you know, the Internet came along and people thought that. It's just, that, it just in 20 years looking back, it seems obvious. Right. Exactly. Like, oh, right. And, and so, you know. How so can I, we not see that? So <laughs> we'll have to have a follow up to this podcast in 20 years. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the podcast will definitely still be going. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever they have instead of podcast then. By then it should all be like virtual, virtual reality cast. Yes. <laughs> Augmented reality cast. You can come have a seat with us as we discuss <laughs> really how far we off we were 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways. All right. You have anything else fun. on this one? Yeah. No, no that's good. Yeah. You, you were worried that we wouldn't have enough to talk about. I think. I think it was a good discussion. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I should never doubt you again. Oh, doubt me all the time. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, Dennis, thanks. Uh, that was fun. And thanks, thanks everyone who is listening. And uh, we'll be back next week. Bye.